Welcome to episode 141 of The Space in Between. And today we have, I mean, all of our guests are special, but this feels a little bit more special because Jesse Lucas and I, we went to middle school together and I don't have a lot of friends that I that I continued on having friendships after middle school and high school. Um, and we were actually not even very close friends in middle school and high school. We were on palms together and and then we, you know, just drifted apart like you normally do. But then thanks to social media, we found each other just a few years ago. And you'll find out today we have a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels in terms of the paths that our, our lives took us on and we followed and yeah, I'm excited to share Jessie with you all today, and we'll be with her in just a moment. We're going to sit in the space of chaos and just invite us all into that space in, in maybe a new way. And before we get to Jessie, a couple things that are happening in Nomadland. We are in full swing with a Dear Radiant One book tour on the East Coast. So I invite you to just go over and check out phoebeleona.com. You'll see a little speaking slash events tab that you can follow and, and go sign up because maybe I'm coming near you. And what I'll say is if I'm not and you're in the East Coast, I'm going to still plant the seed to come visit you in your community. So if you have an art gallery or know of an art gallery or a yoga studio, or a dance studio, or a beautiful, a beautiful garden, or some out beautiful outdoor space that you feel that we can bring, dear radiant one, to you and your community. Let me know. I would love to connect with you in person and share this this experience. It's not just a book reading, but there's dance involved. It's And if you are an artist and you want to co-create with me, we have been doing that through this bit of a book tour. So I'm planting the seeds still. We have some dates available throughout. Um, so yeah, contact me. You can send me an email at phoebe at nomadalwaysathome.com. Um, other ways to be here in the Nomad community, you can join our container online, our virtual membership program where you can join us and be a part of what's happening. We have lots of little self-paced courses that have different modalities, meditations, yoga practices, movement practices, other somatic and expanded awareness practices and healing modalities all right there for you. These just little these little nuggets. I think of them as just these little toolbox for you. Um, breadcrumbs, dots. Amy, Susie, and I talked about that um, a couple of episodes ago, right? Following the breadcrumbs and the dots. We have lots of resources in our container as a practitioner, as a guide. If you are somebody who's offering medicine and wisdom to this world, we also have a lot of benefits for you to join us in the collective, to support you on your individual path and our collective path as guides. So I also invite you to check that out. We have some spots available as we're growing our guides program. You can visit at nomad the nomadcollective.org to find out more. And we still have a few spots available in Costa Rica for my Embodied Radiance Retreat. And if you can't join us in Costa Rica, which I don't know, why can't you join us in Costa Rica? It's going to be a pretty amazing time 
to reset your nervous system, to lay back, to fully receive good food, good company, yoga, movement, joy, all of it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, but if you can't, for whatever reason, I invite you into our Embodied Radiance program where we're doing seven different modules. They come out each month there. I like to think of these as not so much a program, but a reprogram where we're reprogramming our nervous system, our emotional regulation. So we embody the shadows and the light emotions and learn how to dance and fully embrace this beautiful life that we have. So there's a lot in that container of embodied radiance that you can do on your own. You can join in a group setting online with me or in a private setting with me one-on-one. -on -one. So that's a little bit of what's happening in Nomad Land and my dear Radiant One Land. And we're going to sit now with Jesse and yeah, we're going to sit in the space of chaos and what does that mean for each of us and for you? So enjoy. Oh my goodness. I am with Jesse Lucas, who is a middle school friend. Yes, middle school friend. And oh my gosh, I love that we have this connection. This is, you are a confirmation that social media is actually a good thing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, so yes, you and I, we went to middle school and a little bit of high school together and we went on our separate ways. And then we found each other through Facebook because I think you found me. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You found me and we just ended up having this connection that we took similar paths in a lot of ways. And we're going to unfold that today in front of everybody in the podcast world. But yeah, Jesse, where are you? Who are you? What's going on in your world right now that uh, you want to share with us? Phoebe, I'm so, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And like you said, un unfold all of this. And I will just start by reiterating that this is one of the beautiful things about social media. I know it can be kind of like, you know, the wild, wild west. And there can be so much information and so much, you know, there can be negativity or misinformation. But I love that it is a way that we can kind of connect across time and space and it's brought us back together. And, you know, I got to come see your live event in New York mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago with your, your new book that you just put out. And I wouldn't have been able to share that space unless we had these threads of connection. So I'm just, I am so grateful for that. So I just wanted to, to reiterate that. Yeah. Um, because so much positive can come from that. So yeah, I am currently in the capital region of New York in suburb land here. <laughs> Actually, not not too dissimilar from where we grew up in in yeah. Maryland. So it's kind of come full circle. Um, but I, like you, have taken this journey of movement and yoga and meditation and. And, and still teaching in that space, but in different ways. And it's been a great path to keep learning about myself as I'm learning how to be in this crazy world and try to be good serving others all together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I swear, like, especially these days. And I know 
you in your own personal life, you've been having lots of things being thrown at you in your family life. And um, yeah, it's like, how do we, we're constantly discovering ourselves. And I love, I just love what you were sharing right there. And I've been doing a lot of, it's kind of my podcast season where I'm interviewing a lot of people back to back and the conversations, we all go kind of in different directions, but it always comes back to like, who are you, you know, like, what is your medicine in the world? And, you know, there are a lot of people that are very definitive and what they, what they offer, but I love what you just shared is like, I'm figuring it out too. Like you have these tools and these resources that have been medicine for you and you're offering them to the world, but you're also figuring it out too. So I love that. I love that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a big thing, figuring it out, refiguring it out phase right now. Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of refreshing. Um, I have been a figure outer probably mm-hmm. my my whole entire life and definitely my entire adult life. And it's, a, I have to say, a little refreshing to feel like I'm a little bit out of control right now and to loosen the grip a little bit. I don't think I could do it in the way that I'm doing it if I didn't have the tools that I have of you know, self-regulation and presence and awareness and, uh, you know, but this, this kind of figuring it out space is both weird and, Mm. and also refreshing as well. Mm. I, okay. So we were going to, we just talked a minute ago before we pressed record and we were saying, what are we going to talk about? And I knew that it would divine with intervention would come and you just said that you feel out of control. And that's just, I want to invite us into this conversation around chaos. Ooh, yes. And your relate, because it feels like you and I have similar relationship with chaos. And I would love to know what that relationship is with you in terms of this figuring outness. I love this topic. Um, will you seed it for me? Like, give me a little bit about where where you, your interpretation of chaos, and I will. I will mm-hmm. riff from there. Well, yeah, totally. So it's been changing rapidly this past year or maybe past two years when we entered into the pandemic. And I was realizing, oh, I know chaos really well. Like when the pandemic came, I, I realized everybody's going out of control and I was calm. And I thought, oh, this thing again. Like not that we ever lived through a pandemic in our lifetime, but I was like, oh. I've got this. I know this well. I know this when everybody's out of control and I know how to hold my ground. And, you know, you got to share this in life, in live experience of my book. And I talk a lot about, you know, the chaotic life and you are part of it in some way on the, on the like peripheral, right? Like we dance together in palms, but you had no idea that there was this chaos happening in my own world, but that's because I could just go and be kept in the palms and, go and be, you know, the lead in the show. Like that, it was just my thing that I did. And so I've been looking at that relationship recently and just playing around with it and not fighting it, but also seeing it as my strength. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm sure there's more going to unfold in this conversation, but yeah. I love this. So I think that at any given moment, all of us have this experience of at least 
some level of understanding of maybe what's in our control. And maybe that is simple things like I'm going to choose what I have for breakfast, or I know my schedule for the day, you know, like basic, basic things. Maybe also like how I'm going to move my body, how I'm going to breathe, those kinds of things. And then there's all of these other things that are not in our control. Maybe how other people around us are acting or behaving, um, you know, health diagnoses, the state of the world, all of these things. What you just said made me remember when I did my yoga teacher training, which was back 2002, three, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. It was kind of in the middle to end of this month long intensive. So we were like steeped, saturated in it and we were tired and, you know, kind of fried from, from all of it. And it was this one day that we were doing these really intense practices, like long holds of hard poses. And, you know, it brought up a lot of like heat and fire and, and discomfort and even pain and shakiness and kind of, you know, mentally kind of taking us out of ourselves in order to stay present. Because if we stayed present, all you felt were your shaky muscles and the burning and the pain and your mind saying, I need to stop. I need to get out of here. And I remember having a discussion with a couple of the other students and the, one of the instructors at the time, and someone asked, why do we do this? Like, why are we, (laughs) why are we doing yoga at all? And he said, it's because if if we don't have the, if, if we don't kind of strengthen our ability to stay present when energies are intense, then we will lose it. Mm. And on one end, he was talking about, he went on to say, you know, like divine and bliss and just kind of union with, with the universe or however you understand that that on that level, even on the kind of quote unquote good end, Mm -hmm. it's too much. It's too much for our, our human Mm -hmm. physiology and and mental understanding to handle that. We need to practice kind of pushing those, those boundaries of our ability to stay present when things are intense so we can handle more. Mm -hmm. And I think having gone through difficult times, you know, personally, globally, in our communities, the same is true on the kind of quote unquote negative or bad end that this ability to rein ourselves back in, not in a rigid way, but in a way of, okay, I can still breathe. I can still pay attention. I can still take in awareness of, of what matters, the kind of sensory awareness that is, is important to how I am, who I am in this moment, when things are, are overwhelming in a difficult way. And I think that that range and that polarity and kind of bouncing back and forth between the two, that feels chaotic mm-hmm. to me. 
And sometimes we don't even know what end of the spectrum we're going to experience. You know, I know even this week, there's, you know, there's been some really hard news to take. And it it hits us like that. You open up your social media or you turn on the TV or you, you know, someone tells you something in passing or your child shares something with you and it can throw you right into a different state of being. And so to have the ability to kind of, in in my world, I say expand your range of emotion, like you would Mm -hmm. expand your range of motion, expand your range of emotion to both hold it, take it in, experience it, move through it, and also have something, something that connects you back to center. Even if you go get thrown off for a bit, have, have something that can bring you back in. What's wild is, you know, you and I have talked about this over the last few years. It's not always, you know, that anecdote I gave was from a yoga teacher training. And so my yoga practice was that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And lately it hasn't been like, <laughs> it's been, you know, other things or, you know, certainly phases of times I'm like, I don't know what the thing is. Like I, you know, to, to be able to bring back and to sit in that void of curiosity or feeling disconnected or lost that's maybe part of it, part of this dancing in the chaos as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love the dancing in the chaos. And what you just said, so for those people who are not watching this visually, right, they're listening to it, you have this beautiful poster and you always have it. Whenever we do Zoom, it's always you're always filming right there. And it says no standing, only dancing. And I always feel like draw, I'm always looking at you, but like, yeah, totally realize that. And, and the reason why I bring this into the conversation, because I feel the same in terms of the yoga practice, I feel that that was my ground for so long. That was what helped me come into a home homeostasis or my feeling of home and center. But I haven't been feeling that for, I mean, it's evolved. It's not the yoga poses like down dog and sun salutations and I sit in meditation, but it's actually been more of um, like that expansiveness that you were speaking of, just that it's, it's ingrained in everything that is, that I touch, that I am and, and dancing. The reason why I spoke about your posture is because dancing has always been that place that feels like home for me. And I feel the same probably for you too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny about this, um, this image. It's a, it's a print of a photograph and I forget the artist's name, but he was either from Australia or New Zealand. And most of his art was like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like wild (laughs) chaos. And this was just a a piece of graffiti. Right. And, Mm -hmm. but to me, it says that same thing, like keep Mm -hmm. moving, like in order for us to, to, keep going when, when things are up, when they're down, when they're, who knows what, just to keep moving. And I I had this experience at your, uh, your performance a couple of weeks ago, when you were, you had the words coming through from your book and the, the poetry coming through and the movement, it made me really think about how movement in general can allow us to experience that, that full range of emotion mm-hmm. and, and even 
when the emotion is not identifiable. So, you know, tying back to the chaos piece. And I think that one of the reasons I am feeling like maybe disconnected from a more organized practice, like a yoga practice is because of this chaotic feeling, because there are so many unknowns that I'm experiencing, because there are so many questions I have, because I feel like, you know, it's this whole figuring things out anew. And so moving in old patterns Mm -hmm. just feel kind of flat to me. Whereas you know, at your experience a few weeks ago, I could see, even though you were, you were telling old stories, yeah. we're so present in the moment that the movement felt fresh. And so when, when I was kind of digesting that after the fact, I realized to be able to really tune in and listen and think like, what does my body need? What does my emotional self need? What does my mental self need? And to give it that room, that expansiveness, whether it's rest and stillness, like I know for me, a lot of my movement has been kind of calmer, quieter, you know, walks and, and, you know, stretching or, you know, just kind of more soothing rhythmic Mm -hmm. kind of things. And I think that that's partly because anything else just feels a little bit too aggressive right now or a little too open, a little too exposed, a little, you know, it just, so I just, I think this is one of the things that's available to anybody with a body that learning of what, what are our sensations telling us that we need instead of listening to something prescriptive, like, Oh, go to yoga. Cause it's good for you or go to, you know, some whatever, cause, because it will calm you down or it's de-stressing or it's whatever. Yeah. And to know, you know, we are all having our unique experiences of taking in all of the stimulation, all of the sensation, all of the information that's going on. And our, our parallel nervous systems might need different things. And, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and she's taken up running again. And I'm over here like, oh dear Lord, I cannot imagine (laughs) running right now. That sounds awful. (laughs) For her, it's like, it's opened up this other, you know, flow of, of energy that is spot on for her to, to process everything. So, you know, I think it's, it's unique to, to any of us, but it's so interesting to, to think about it in that way. Yeah. Well, and your friend and you and myself included, it's, we have this ability to tap into that, that inner voice or intuitive voice to say, I have to run again, or I have to move again. Oh, I have to let go of the old paradigm of how I moved my body or took care of myself. And I don't know, it, we have these practices and we have been having these practices for so many years. I'm just wondering for the person out there who is listening and being like, ah, lost in the chaos, right? Like, I don't know where to go. Is there something that you would um, offer to them to say how to tap into that voice? We could have, a, I mean, there's so many ways, but is there a way in for you that you feel like, okay, I know how to land? Yeah. And there are so many ways. And and I would say that 
first and foremost, that no one way is the right way, or, you know, obviously like what works for somebody else may not work for you, or even what worked for you in one point in time may not be accessible to you Mm -hmm. right now. There's a really specific kind of in the realm of like a body scan kind of thing. And I, I use it all the time with myself. I use it all the time. It's kind of my staple practice with my clients because while it has qualities like meditative qualities and kind of like inner awakening qualities, it is so, so simple and so, so practical that when you are in a lost in the chaos moment and cannot fathom, you know, chanting or, you know, and (laughs) like, just like, and it like, don't give me anything else kind of thing. It's so simple. And so I, I call it a sensory tracking exercise Mm -hmm. and all it is, is you take a few moments and it doesn't even really matter what body position it you are in, where you are in, you know, I think it is good to kind of like shake off any, like, mm-hmm. if you know, you're kind of holding tension, just kind of like wiggle it out for a moment, yeah. just to kind of like take that first, that, that outer, outer layer of, of holding, gripping away. Or if you're feeling on the opposite end sluggish, it kind of just can wake you up a little bit, you know, yeah. tiny, tiny little bit. So just something to make you aware, all right, here I am in my body right now. And even that little shift, even that little mm-hmm. shift can sometimes be enough to turn down the volume of loss in the chaos just enough to kind of trip some switches in your nervous system, trip some switches in your brain, bring you, bring you back to your awareness of, of your heart. So a little something to, to shake you back into into some body presence. I always like to take a few deep breaths. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, standard protocol for for (laughs) self-awareness and and just good self-care, but not with any sort of prescriptiveness that, you know, you can count your breath, you can, but just a few deep breaths, again, kind of as a signal to your nervous system. This is actually an important step in letting letting your, your nervous system know, Hey, this is safe Mm -hmm. because those deep breaths are connected with that branch of your nervous system that either tells you, Hey, get out of Dodge, or Mm -hmm. you can relax here. So that's actually a really important step because if you're going to kind of collect some data from your, your body's wisdom, it's pretty impossible to do that if your sensory radar is on, on the lookout, detecting, you know, sensor sensations from coming from external spaces. So those few deep breaths as kind of cheesy as that sounds is important. So it's necessary. Come back into your body, take those few deep breaths. You can start with some awareness. I usually, when I'm guiding someone this, just say like, bring your attention to your heart for a moment. It just kind of is like a bookend, like an anchoring space. It could be really anywhere or any, anything, but just something to kind of, if you're lost in the chaos, you might get lost in trying to figure out what does, what does my body even feel? So Mm -hmm. having a place or like, you know, it can be your belly. It can, you know, it doesn't really 
matter, but an anchoring space just to direct your attention somewhere. And this tells your brain, okay, pay attention. And here's what to pay attention to. So from there, after kind of directing attention to a particular location, I say, just, all right, now kind of let your attention wander and notice when, when you notice a specific sensation in your body, just linger there. And this could be oftentimes if this, especially if this is a new practice, something pretty obvious, like tension in your neck and shoulders or pain in your knee, you know, something that might, you might've come into awareness with, but when you linger there, I remember one of the first times I experienced this, someone was guiding me through this and I was actually at the tail end of a concussion Mm. and just had, I was having a hard time shaking those last little bits of like brain fog and headache. And so a lot of my sensation, you know, was up in my, my skull and in my brain And by bringing this kind of conscious awareness to it, it just, it's, it just settled. It just like settled Mm -hmm. just a little bit. So the idea isn't necessarily to on purpose change anything, but just to notice. And in that noticing, it allows whatever the process of that sensation is to move, you know, all of our, Mm -hmm. our kind of emotional trappings in our body, which is often an influence of feeling lost in the chaos because taking in so much information in the, and we have an emotional reaction, but we don't have the space to complete that reaction. We don't have the, the time in our day to have a full response to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there isn't even a, res- a, a response to have, and it's just a matter of taking it in and, and moving it through. And, and we don't because either it's too much or we're too busy or we just Mm -hmm. have had it. So just by bringing attention to the sensations, you don't have to attach it to a story. You don't have to attach it to an emotion. It allows that process to complete. And that's why I love this, the sensory tracking, because it's, it's just allowing the physiological part of being lost in the chaos to complete cycles. It's kind mm-hmm. of like checking things off the to-do list or getting, you know, clearing out the spider webs in the springtime kind of thing. So I usually kind of check through three different locations. So the first one might be something kind of more uncomfortable or obvious. And then you kind of linger there for a moment and then check in with another, like see what other location. And it's amazing. People will come up with like, I had no idea my calves felt like that or my, what you Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you get to the second and and third locations, things that were under the radar of your awareness come up to your awareness. So, and then if you did bookend it in the beginning, like at your heart or in your belly or something after two or three locations, and you just kind of linger and breathe with those locations, come back to wherever you bookended it at first, it kind of just ties it up nicely. And then you can just shake it back off and move on with your day. The other piece of why I like this is because, I mean, and this can take as short as just, you know, a minute, you can take as long as you want with it. If you, if you have the time and the, and the patience, patience and the attention and awareness for it. But on the one hand, hand, it just allows those physiological responses to kind of happen. And you don't have to do anything with that. It just 
allows it. And oftentimes when you kind of come back out of that, you are left with, oh, you know what? I really do need to make sure I take a few minutes to stretch before bed. Or if you are feeling sluggish, I really, I, I will take some time for a walk after lunch today and get, get some chi moving, get my blood flowing, get some fresh air in my lungs. It often does inform you of something that really is aligned with, with what your all heart and soul needs mm-hmm. to anchor instead of being lost in the chaos to anchor into it. So I really like the sensory tracking because it's simple. It's quick. You don't need any equipment. You don't need another person. You don't need, you know, I mean, lock yourself in the bathroom for a few minutes if you have to. (laughs) And it has both that just practical. You don't have to do anything else with it level. And if you do get some information from that, it's very helpful to, to anchor you back. So that's my, my little, um, hot tip. I like the hot tip. Yes. And, you know, we both do a lot of the similar work and that's definitely part of my, my practice as well. And I, you know, my little mantra is awareness is the transformation. And what you just kept saying was noticing and not trying to change it because I think that, I don't know if you, we've talked about this yet, but um, individually, like off, off podcast land, but I have been frustrated with this word mindset and mindfulness for the past handful of years. Uh, you know, I, I, I took the, the, the pills, you know, going into yoga and becoming more mindful and doing concentration, med- you know, various concentration meditations. But when I started to do more of the awareness meditations, which is essentially what you just walked us through was being aware of what is here physically in your body, not getting wrapped up in the story, right? Not trying to change it, but just really being with it. I I noticed for myself that so much did transform, not just in the physical experience of my body, but in my heart space. And then I started to listen, like you just really beautifully talked about anchoring in your heart um, several times throughout that process and how we get so this is the conversation that's been happening for so many years is the mindset control the mind and even in yoga philosophy you know in the yoga sutras it's all about the science of the mind and controlling the mind to a certain extent and i'm like ooh we have to go deeper into the body right and i love that you just touched on that so beautifully through your process that is a, a frustration I share. (laughs) I've got a sticky note up here and it says embodiment is the new mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I have come to realize while I do think understanding how our minds work is vitally important. I think there's so much power we, we have when we can practice you know, the, our, our neuroplasticity, the malleableness of, of how our minds work. I, mm-hmm. there, there's so much we can do there. And our brains are stubborn, <laughs> especially when there are old trauma patterns, mm-hmm. you know, there sometimes, and this is, this is my, my personal belief, but also what I have seen professionally, when you have 
these stories that are circulating through your body, if you understand things, if you t- if you're a kinesthetic learner, if you are highly emotional, if you're an empath, if you're highly sensitive, um, practicing mindfulness can almost have a con like the opposite effect. Like yeah. it shines the light on the frustration. It shines yeah. the light highlights the negative patterns. It Mm -hmm. almost reinforces them. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you can kind of take things in from another level, from this somatic level, from this body experience level, from Mm -hmm. this heart level, and you learn avenues to do that, um, emotional intelligence, kinesthetic intelligence, not just this, this mindfulness for me, I kind of discovered this by accident. I was coming out of a divorce and it was like, almost like waking up from a trance of like, what the Mm -hmm. heck just happened? And like, what is (laughs) this damage that was done? And how was I not aware of this the whole time? I mean, it was, you know, and I was left with a lot of damage control and I had meditation I had mindfulness practices. I had affirmations. I had a therapist who ended up kicking me out because she said, I can't help you anymore. And all of these. I had that too. Oh my God. (laughs) Of course. course (laughs) But I am like, well, like, what the heck can I do? You know, when I had friends and family telling me like, you are so strong and you will get through this. And I'm like, I am so damn tired of being strong. Like, like just, you know, all of that. And I had this one moment, I had been teaching yoga for a while and I was bringing on the fitness side of a a new category in in my work. And I didn't really want to do that. I wasn't necessarily personally interested in the fitness space. I wasn't a gym person from where I was coming from. It seemed like a place of ego and all the people who came into my yoga room from the gym were all like injured and tense and tight. Yeah. And, but it was, it was the right thing at the right time professionally. And I had some curiosity and I was practicing these, what were foreign to me, fitness moves, very basic things and, and learning them because I take my body education very seriously. And, you know, I wanted to learn, but I was learning them like I knew how to be in my yoga practice with awareness of how I felt and my breath and my presence and all of that. And I had this one kind of cathartic moment where I was lifting weights and, you know, they, I'm sure we're not very heavy because this was a new practice to me. I'm a tiny little string bean, but I had this like sensation when I was lifting the weights that just went, I feel strong. Like it kind of just like came Mm -hmm. up into my brain. I feel strong. Am I poor little damaged brain went correct. That is, that is the feeling you are feeling that is strength. And then my like emotional interpretation of that is like, I have strength in me. Mm. This was at a time where I was not feeling, I was feeling by default strong because I had to keep doing day to day. I had to keep working. I had to keep showing up. I had, I was a single mom to two young boys. I was living at the top of a mountain in this crazy house. Like, you know, I had to be strong to get the things done, but inside 
I wasn't feeling strong. I was realizing how much damage. And this physical act kind of bypassed all of that mental damage and emotional damage and just went right to the heart of my understanding, something that was clear and true and undeniable and simple and uncomplicated. And I was like, I can build from that. I can use that and develop that and kind of from the inside out, start to influence these, these hurt parts of my heart and these stubborn parts of my mind. So mindfulness at that point for me, all it did was made me more aware of how awful of a space my mind was at that Mm -hmm. point. Whereas kind of sneaking in through the back door, I was able to start to, to change that and not change it because of external expectations. Like someone told me I had to, or whatever, change it because like I, I, I wasn't okay. Yeah. And I wanted to feel better. And I was really frustrated doing the things that I thought were the right things. And they weren't doing it for me. So I think it's important to know the different avenues. They all operate differently. And to, yeah, to, there are, there are options. If one, if, if you're knocking on one door and it's stubborn, there, there are other doors. <laughs> I love that analogy. Cause I, I often talk about in yoga, like there's so many doors in, like you could come through the physical door like I think both of us did mm-hmm. where it was my physical training for dance. And, but then I found all these other doors in there with meditation and spirituality. So we have all these different doors we come into through yoga. And I love that you're saying, well, sometimes they're closed. <laughs> Just keep <laughs> knocking somewhere else. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I totally, you know, when you were speaking to that, I was thinking, yeah, you know, I had never really put it in that terms of, it being um, like, I knew that it was creating more challenges in terms of not being connected to your body. But I love how you spoke about that being it almost, you didn't say the word, but I was feeling the word shame come in. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm thinking my way through it. Like I, I have a lot of friends who work with affirmations, right? So they're just saying these words, but they might not feel them fully in that experience, like a, an embodied experience. They're just saying them, you know, because this is the ritual that I have, that's going to change my brain. And like, what if you're doing that and it doesn't change, then you have the shame. Like, I don't, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing this. You know, everybody else is saying these five affirmations every day and their whole life is like, I got a million dollars just on my doorstep or whatever it was. Right. Like just to, I love that you called that awareness to it as well. This idea of like the shame that comes from it. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what happened to me because I am I am gritty and persistent and I was showing up in a lot of spaces where people were doing really beautiful personal development work and growth and and taking action and that's exactly what I was seeing and so when I was seeing all you know everyone singing these praises for these mindful practices that they were doing and for me they not only felt like they weren't working they felt like they were setting me back because when mm-hmm. I would try those same practices, you know, I am safe. I am cared for. I, you know, I, whatever. 
my brain was going, oh no, you're not. And right. here's, here's all of the examples, current, ex- not from your past things like this happened today, this, you know, this mm-hmm. happened last night. And so it was, it was setting me back. And yeah. then that is absolutely, so I felt both ashamed and broken, like, yeah. well, it's not working for me. So something's wrong with me, which then perpetuated mm-hmm. the negative cycles. So it is that that resonance, that inner resonance, that if that's if that's not presence, and I think that's what for me, finding new ways of moving that really were aligned with. I had no idea that lifting those weights yeah. was going to feel satisfying. In fact, I thought the opposite. I thought it would be annoying. I thought it would be, <laughs> you know, I, I was rolling my eyes at it and doing it because. I needed more bookable hours. And there was, there, this was a way to do that. So I had no idea that that was going to stimulate that inner resonance mm. that then when I said, I feel strong, I did. Yeah. It's like a tuning fork. You gotta like tune, yeah. find, find the right, the right resonance. And back to that, you know, being lost in the chaos and, and kind of bringing it back to that, that, that tuning fork kind of analogy of finding things that just make your nervous system shift down a little Mm -hmm. bit and, and being surprised at what that might be and just noticing, noticing when that happens, whether it's, you know, I know for, for me here in the Northeast in the spring, like the sun is finally out and it's getting warmer. And I just, I've been spending as much time out in the sun as possible. And I've noticed my nervous system shifts down a little Mm -hmm. bit when Mm -hmm. I can, you know, so just knowing, like watching, watching for those things that act like a tuning fork. Yeah. When you feel lost in the chaos to, to, uh, to tune you, to tune you in. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to add to that because this is a conversation I've been having a lot recently is um, when you notice that tune, like you're tuned with the tuning fork to fully embody it, embrace it, breathe, the, take those three breaths that you spoke of and really allow yourself to receive it instead of, oh yeah, I'm safe here. And then continue on with your day, like really soak it in because that's what, that's part of the repattering of the nervous system, right? Um, what I keep, what I was noticing for myself was when the book came out, I was getting excited, of course, like that's a, a reason to be excited, but I was realizing an old pattern in my body was like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I'm showing my hands and fists right now and my shoulders up in my, in my ears, because I was like, I'm so excited, but I wasn't allowing my body to receive that, that ease and that joy because of a past trauma, when I was growing up, you know, my dad loved celebrating me. And I, whenever I brought home a report card, I would have, you know, A's. And then he would take me out to dinner, but he was an alcoholic. So then he would drink. And so it turned into this disastrous event. So I became, that was my pattern was to not celebrate because something bad's going to happen. So I'm learning how to experience what you were just saying of those moments when the sun is shining, when there is a moment of, 
oh, I do feel safe in my body to fully receive it and say, okay, I want more of this. And I even say that sometimes to myself, I'll even put my hands on my body and say, I want more of this. And, and let that be the, not just the patterning in my brain, but also in my ner- my whole nervous system. Linger in it. And yeah. Ex- or back to that expand your range of emotion, like be mm-hmm. able to hold that presence. Thank you for saying that because that's an edge I am working on myself <laughs> right now. So I am going to take that with me. And when I go out in the sun this afternoon, right. I'm going to notice that and say, I want more of this. Yeah. Yeah. More of this. Yeah. It's just, it's so important right now. And, you know, there is so much, you know, you kind of touched on it and I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but you know, the relevant news is very heavy right now. And, um, I think we also need to give ourselves that permission to sit in the sun and receive it because sort of the world does depend on it (laughs) in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's, and, you know, especially like you in your own personal world, right? Like you still need to receive the sun to, to kind of fill your cup up to be that sun for other people in your life right now. Right. Absolutely. (sighs) Absolutely. And I'm noticing, you know, it takes, it takes support. Mm -hmm. It takes, there's a cost, there's a cost to all of it. You know, I, and I was in my single mom days and everything, you know, was on my shoulders. Those, those little touches into, into those things that that brought me my, my inner son and my peace were, were fleeting. Mm. Now it was like little tiny drops of water in the desert enough to make sure I didn't get dehydrated, but not enough to really nourish and, and really feel fulfilling. And I think one, one of the things I think is important to mention on this before wrapping is it, it does take a lot of other elements to make sure you have this. I I have the space to do that now because I do live in a safe neighborhood. I do have a family that supports taking moments (laughs) to just sit and be, I don't have, you know, the the next thing nagging on me at the given moment. Now, I mean, things are changing rapidly. We did have a kid to come home from school today. So they're (laughs) all in the park right now. So we can do this and, you know, everything, but to, to realize, I think, I think this is how we can help each other the most is, you know, our, our friends, our family, our community, our, our colleagues, helping each other have the space and have the support to take those moments to, to linger in, in peace and feeling held and supported because of all of the heaviness, because of all of, all of the chaos to say, you know, it's really hard to get that kind of nervous system nourishment on your own when you are lost in the chaos and the bad news keeps coming. So I think the, the element that really allows that is support and wherever we can get that from, if it's not in your immediate household, where, where is it? And I think that's one of the reasons why I love that we're having this conversation right now and why we have reconnected over all of the years and, you know, just, Every time we've touched base over the last few years, it's been a little, it's a, a little nourishment of support, knowing like 
I may not know all the details, but I know we've walked some similar paths and I know we're both moving in a beautiful direction and we both have had these experiences and we, and it's that little touch of like, oh, someone else is walking that path. And so I can yeah. too. So that level of just reaching out to your people and, and, and reaching out to ask for help if, if you need that support to linger in whatever your, your peace zone is, because we do need it. It is it is nourishment. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging the community aspect of it. I think that's so important more than ever. And I love that you talked about the path you know, my favorite, I think my favorite quote is we are, we're all here to walk each other home by Ram Dass. Cause it does, it feels like when we have these soul connections, like you and I have, we weren't even close friends, you know, in middle school, but we, we have had these little soul connection moments over time and space. And, you know, I have a lot of these beautiful connections with other people that it just, whenever you can tap in, like you said, you don't know the details, but you can just sit with each other and, and be present with each other and not have to know all the details, right? Like it's not this interview of, and then tell me this and this and this, it's like, no, you already know, you can just sit and be present and like our hearts are talking to each other and, like whatever we need to know, we're, we're knowing and feeling it. So thank you for um, being one of my soul sisters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The event that you came to, I had pulled a card that day before the event, the star family. And I spoke about uh, the two collaborators that I was with um, David Lionheart and Gisela Strohmeyer, because they were collab- physically collaborating with me in that event. But then, you know, I looked to you and I looked to my friends who were in New York and all these other little connections. And yeah, you all are my star, my star family. I love that. And I'm sure the people listening to this too are part of our star family as well, our soul family. One beautiful constellation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse, yeah, I do want to honor your time. Is what other, is there anywhere else you want to go and linger and experience together before we start to wrap up? Mm, this feels complete. It feels beautiful. It feels good. I'm, I'm grateful for this journey. I hope that this conversation kind of awakens some of that curiosity in whoever's listening to find those spaces of peace, get to know how, how we can access that in, in our own body systems and, and help each other and light up our, our, our own star families. So yeah, I'm just grateful. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so grateful. And how can people connect with you? Yes. Uh, embodiedmovementtraining.com is my website and all my social media links are on there. My con- There's a contact page. I love to hear people's stories. So if you listen to this and it made you think of something or you have your own story, I would love to receive a message from you. So embodiedmovementtraining.com altogether. Beautiful. We'll also have that in our show notes too. And I feel like there's some sort of collaboration with the two of us coming up. I don't know what that is, but I'll be back in New York in a couple of weeks with some events. So I'll let you know, and maybe everybody listening, they can stay tuned for wonderful the Jesse Phoebe 
co-creation. <laughs> we don't know what it is yet, but we're planting seeds. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Phoebe. Oh my goodness. It was such a joy to be with you all and Jesse. Thank you all for being here. I hope you got a lot of great little nuggets of wisdom and takeaways for your own little toolbox to deal with chaos. And if you enjoyed this podcast, if you it resonated with you, if you think that somebody else out there could benefit from it, help them, share it, send it to a friend, review it, give us some stars, give us some love. We are so grateful for your support in all of the ways and any of the ways that you can, including being a Nomad supporter. So for just $11 a month, you can join us over at thenomadcollective.org and become a Nomad supporter where you are helping us keep this ad free. You're helping us maintain all the stuff on the back end to make sure that we bring this to you each week with high quality wisdom and stories and ah uh, yes all of the all of the feels so support us help us help you because you not only help us support the podcast but you also get invites to the free events that we have in the nomad collective so you can experience us in a different way and we can experience you, we can see you, we can talk to you and we can support you in a new way. So would love to see you there. You can go over to thenomadcollective.org and click on the membership program where you can become a supporter for $11 a month. And there are other options if you want to explore more in our membership program and receive receive more there's lots of options and we're here for you so have a beautiful day 